not be the total truth. No, 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 no. See the way society is built today, like a trap. It's built in a way that keeps you in the dark. Trapped. Cause if your light shines through, you might figure out who and what you are. A magnificent being. Don't be scared of that. Do not be scared. That's why I'm here to help you remember. Great morning, great evening, good afternoon, depending where you're at. This beautiful planet is amazing universe. Happy mother-loving New Year, people. What is this? January 1st, 2023. Thank you for your patience and waiting for us to go ahead and um, take a month off so we can like regroup and come into this year on fire, right? So we have a lot happening this year. We had a lot happening the last few months. You know what I mean? It's not about how you start, it's how you finish a lot of the times, people. So let me tell you, if you're hungover right now and you're already <laughs> fucked up your New Year's resolution, it's okay. It's not about how you start, it's how you finish this. We got something special for you guys, right? I guess it's always special, you know, um, but this is the year, right? These are the times that people are starting to get into that zone where they want to make better choices health-wise, mental-wise, physically-wise, and a lot of the times emotional shit. That's why I left for the last part, right, in my own life. But thank you, guys. Um, We'd like to welcome you back to Brown Spiritual AF. And Missy Sella Garcia is going to go ahead and introduce our first guest of the year. Woo! I am so excited about Nina being with us today. Welcome, Nina. Hi, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I want to share how Nina and I met. Okay. So I don't know if you all have ever heard of Brooke Castillo, but she's the life school coach. And um, she, she has been around for quite so many years. And I remember listening to her podcast many years ago. And, um, and I kind of fall off like once in a while I go back on, but I really, I liked her style and it came up on my Facebook page that she was going to be doing an in-person session. And, and not only was it an in-person person session, but it was like at an affordable price. It wasn't like, you know, a couple thousand dollars that you have to pay to go to see the, it was a three day, um, session. And, and it happened to be here in Phoenix where I live. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this, right? It's been a while because of COVID. I haven't been to workshops and conferences in quite a while, although I've been to hundreds of them. This is what I would call more of a mainstream conference. I go to a lot of like metaphysical conferences, spiritual conferences. This is more mainstream. You know, a lot of folks who are looking at life coaching and not necessarily always connected to spirituality. So, but I like Brooke. So I go. I go and it's great. Um, you know, I'm not very social, which surprises people. So I kind of sit and do my own thing. I don't, they say network. I fucking hate net, networking. I just kind of sit, watch, listen, and learn. The second day um, after lunch, I think it was after lunch, we, um, I sat down in a different place and Nina sat right next to me. And Nina turned around very quickly and introduced herself to me. So we introduced quick. It was really fast. It was like a matter of just a couple seconds. And I think at that point you asked me, what do you do? Mm -hmm. And so here's the big question, because, you know, I've been in education for a really long time. And so I would often say when I'd go to these conferences, I would say, oh, I'm, you know, in early education, I specialize in trauma. And um, because of my fear of, you know, of being woo-woo. And I'm like, fuck this. I just need to step into the truth of who I am. And so anyone asks me, I'm going to say I'm a medium, I'm an intuitive coach. And I said that to you and you go, oh, oh, I, I think I was supposed to sit next to you. It was a weird thing. And I don't know if you remember that, but it was a weird little statement. Yeah. You made. Mm -hmm. 
So I sat and, you know, the session started and um, all of a sudden I get this feel. Now you have to understand as an intuitive medium, I have to shut down all my open feelies when I'm in a conference center where there's hundreds of people. I I feel too much. I feel too heavy and I just can't feel everybody's shit. Right. So I got to shut it down. And, and I was doing really well. And all of a sudden I get this that's coming over me and I'm like, shit. So I feel like I can't breathe, which is usually like somebody's trying to come in and talk to me. And I'm like, but I don't know for sure if it's you because we're surrounded by all kinds of people. So I'm like, okay, is it this one, this woman on the left, on the right, on the left, is it behind me? Where's that coming from? So we're sitting there for, and I can't, I'm moving like I, and then I get really like obsessive. Like I'm moving too much. I'm moving too much. (laughs) You're distracting people. Then you get up. My stomach starts hurting. That's the other thing. I start getting like this. My, my stomach is uncomfortable. Then you get up and you go stand because we were close to the end and you were standing by the door and that feeling lessened. And I was like, oh, it is her. It is her. So I dialed in, I opened up specifically for you, and I got like da 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 download of stuff that I needed to tell you. So the conference went on, and at the very end, Brooke announces this fabulous package for coaches. It's like at this huge, like discounted rate, and the woman sitting next to Nina goes, oh, I'm so excited for you. You need to do this. It's such a good opportunity. And I'm sitting there like, okay, right now is not the time. <laughs> Because everybody's excited, right? I'm like, right now is not the time to say, you know, here's the message from the other side. And so I, I was really in my head about it. Like, do I say something? Do I not say something? It didn't feel right. So we said goodbye. I come home and I tell the story to my husband and I go, okay, I made a deal. I said to the universe, if I'm supposed to tell her any of this, She's going to show up for me in a way that's so obvious. There's not going to be a question. So obvious. And I say that to the universe. So I'm not going to go running for her. I'm not going to go looking for her. She just needs to show up or else I'm not going to say anything. So the next day I'm in the parking lot in the morning. And I have all this shit that I always say, it looks like I'm camping whenever I go to these conferences. And so I'm pulling all my shit out of the backseat and I look up and there she is walking by herself. Not a single soul in this ginormous resort is walking except for her. And she sees me and she goes, good morning. And I was like, good morning. And I was like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, universe, I hear you. You asked for it. (laughs) So I stopped and I was like, okay, you just need to do it. And I'm still getting used to like just random people saying, hey, I have a message from, you know, the universe for you. And so I stopped her and she looked back and, you know, was kind of like little, I could see your hesitation on your face. Like, oh shit, (laughs) what is she going to say to me? And so I like hesitantly started talking and, um, and, and you responded. I mean, you were like, Oh my goodness. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you initially were very mm-hmm. stoic. You were like, Oh my God, this could be really bad. <laughs> I could feel it. <laughs> and so I gave the message and you were like, do you want to sit together? And I said, okay. So we went inside and then we sat down and I go, so what do you do? And you go, I'm a life and weight loss coach. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? So as much as I was there to share with you, a message that came through for you and wherever you're at in terms of, you know, your own spiritual development and awareness. 
I totally believe that the universe sent you to me. It, there was a reciprocity in that experience. And I do not question that. So then when we started talking about what you do and what I've struggled with, and I came home and I was like telling my husband, blah, blah, blah. And then when we sat down and you're like, okay, this is what I can offer. And I was like, fuck it. The universe is going to pay for it. And I don't even care <laughs> because I do not doubt that this happened and it was orchestrated. Mm. What's your experience of that, Nina? Oh my goodness. So Isela, that I feel like I went there to meet you for me. Right. Because yeah. I had a girlfriend who was kind of getting into what I call this woo-woo stuff. And I've been so closed off to it. Right. And I've been so in, in my brain, in my thoughts, intellectualizing. And um, she's just been sharing with me. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. We'll see. I might read a book. We'll see. Um, and then when you spoke to me, I think, you know, at first, like you said, my guard was up. And then when you spoke to me and you shared with me the message for me, it really just broke down my walls yeah. and it was, it was exactly what I needed to hear. And so I just, I feel the same way. I was, I was meant to go to Arizona to meet you. I, you know, there was, I think even through the conference, um, into that rest of the day, I think you, I felt you were still buzzing. And so what I mean by that is you were still processing the information because it was like, it is a holy shit experience when you have not experienced that information coming in. Um, and it does take, I think, a little bit to just go, whoa, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Like I was really like just processing it even as I came home and even for several weeks now, right, so even since we've been meeting and now I've reached out to you to like want to know more, but it took me several weeks to kind of let it sink in what you shared with me. So it was huge for me. And and if this is something, so I've not shared this with folks. And Mark, you have shared at the very beginning of your, um, when we first got together, your spirituality came from your health. Your, your health voyage. Yes. And, and I have not shared the struggles I have had with my weight. Um, and, and, you know, I haven't shared it. Um, not, I don't, I think about the whys, um, and I'm not sure that I've landed completely, but what I've really understood, and I've known this for a really long time, cause I've read all the books I've done all the shit. I mean, when I talk to Nina, I'm like, da, 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 this doctor says, blah, 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 blah. Like I've read it. I have like, am I emotional eater? Am I a this? I mean, like for 20 some odd years, I have, I have, this has been a thing that has, has not, I have not been able to work through. And so I, I think my biggest struggle has been that I really have created this deprivation um, mentality. And it's deprivation and guilt. And so what I mean by that, I think I have shared in our podcast that I will, I won't eat something and I'll say I can't have it and I can't have it and I can't have it. I haven't had donut in years. I haven't had ice cream in years, but I come from this place of deprivation and I really, in my whole heart, and I've known this, I just haven't been able to break through myself, um, been able to release the mental block of allowing my body to, well, first off, listening to my body, because I would ignore it. I'm hungry and I ignore it. I'll have one meal and that's all I'll eat. 
And so it's this place of deprivation that I come from. And then when I do eat something, I feel nothing but like guilt and like, you shouldn't be eating this. You shouldn't be eating this. You know, you can't eat sugar. You know, you can't eat carbohydrates. You know, you can't eat potatoes. And so it's this, this cycle that I've had for years and years and years, and it has not helped. It has not changed anything. All the knowledge in the world has not helped. Um, all the information has not helped. And so I'm super excited that, I, that I'm trusting the universe. That's really, I really believe that I'm trusting the universe. So Nina and I have been meeting for the last couple of weeks. It is a six-month deal that we're meeting. And I want to know, I want you to share, Nina, a little bit about you. Okay. What, I want to know, we want to know about your journey with your own weight loss, your life. Like, tell us, tell us about you. Okay. All right. So I am a certified life coach, like Isela said, and I specialize in weight loss. And the reason why I specialize in weight loss is because I suffered for all of my twenties and thirties with weight. I was always on a diet, always like, like you said, Isela, I can't have that restricting myself. I wouldn't eat with my family, but I was not at a natural body weight. I was always overweight for my size, you know, my height. And I was either losing or gaining, losing or gaining. And when I would lose, I would gain double back. I, I could never keep it off. So that lasted all my twenties and thirties. When did you start to put weight on? Did you grow mm. up a little bit heavier? So I think my relationship with food and weight started young, even though I was thin. So like, even at a very young age, I remember when I was like eight or nine, between eight and 10, um, I grew up on at that time, like homemade beans and rice and tortillas. And I would go and I remember getting like the thirds, right? Like I would get, the, I would get like my second helping, my third helping and my tias would be like, oh, that's going to catch up with you. But I was really thin. Mm. And so what I was doing, I, I grew up in a very unstable home environment. Right. And um, I walked through like sexual abuse, molestation, it was very um, in a toxic environment growing up. And I think what I was doing was using food for comfort even back then. And so then I, I left home. I went to the military. I joined the army. And that was really a, a really good coping mechanism, right? Don't feel your feelings and just push through. So that got me through. But that's when I realized that weight was going to be a part of my life. Because my very first day at boot camp, the drill sergeant told me, you're curvy. And so you're going to struggle with your weight in the army. And he planted that thought, that belief seed, and I believed him. And then that was my story in the army. I struggled every time I got weighed and taped. They, they measure around the biggest part where your hips, like the biggest part of your hips. And I am curvy. And so I always struggled um, with my weight there. But I was still leaning on food and alcohol to cope with all my emotions. The thing is, is I had learned to not feel mm -hmm. from all the childhood trauma, right? And then I kept not feeling and turning to food and alcohol to numb anything, actually, anything that would distract me from my life. And so that's where my, like my weight journey, um, like I would say began in childhood, but then my military experience, I left the military. I, I call it broken. I was, I had so much shame about my body weight. And, um, and my body image was not good at all. I just talked so much shit to myself. Um, and so then, uh, should I fast forward and share a little more? Wait, I want to okay. stop. Cause I think I have, yeah. did you want, did you have something Mark? 
Were you going to say no, something? I'm just, I'm just listening because I, I can relate to a lot of this, right? That like people yeah. are listening, right? You're, you're, we're, 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 we go through these things and we learn these things at an early age, but we do hear, hey, that's going to catch up to you, right? And people put these things and these thoughts in your head. And then we don't realize that we're using alcohol, right? We're using food as coping mechanisms, right? And then we're taught for me because I'm, 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 I'm a male, right? I'm a boy. And I was taught that my feelings didn't matter anyway. So you just shut that shit down. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And then sooner or later, because somebody planted a seed in her head right before you know it, here I am at 30 years old, like super overweight, like shit, they were right. Right. But I believed that shit, but I didn't realize that it was my actions that I took on a regular basis over a long period of time that created this shit. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I only got I only got the you're you're big from my mom. My mom and I weren't built the same. We're not built the same. I'm real curvy, like on my dad's side of the family. And my mom is pretty straight and narrow kind of in the way she's built. But because I was that, she always would say, you don't need to eat that. You don't need to eat that. That's where my dieting started was my mom put me on a diet when I was like from very young. Um, and But I did for my tias and everybody else, they would go, I mean, it's just air. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay and so (laughs) I got all these like very mixed messages about food and but what you're describing and I think it's really important to to say this again that when we distract ourselves right because there are lots of ways things that we use for distraction um it, we have to figure out why am I distracting myself right now is it that I don't want to feel what I'm feeling am I feeling uncomfortable What's happening right now? And boy, that food will help you feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you'll feel better in the moment. So I, I thought I was an emotional eater. Like I really was trying to diagnose myself. <laughs> I don't think I, I was like, no, I just, I just deprive myself. Period. <laughs> I just eat because that shit tastes good. So I'm curious. So we could give, so we could paint a picture for people, right? Because we all have these ideas in our head of what, like, I see people that are like. They, they seem pretty fit, right? And you look at them and they're still in the mirror like, it's like, you, what are you, you're pinching skin, fool. Like, I don't understand, right? So to paint a picture, like for me, right? I was 180 pounds, right? I'm 5'7". So I was borderline almost obese, right? Um, I was size 36 pants, right? For the frame that I am, right? Now I'm down to 32, size 32. I'm 145, 150. I'm trying to get to the 160 pound, but now I'm lean, Right. So to paint a picture for people who are listening, what were your um, <laughs> I mean, measurements? Yeah. I don't you. This is important yeah. to some people because the people want to be like, well, you know what I mean? Well, I'm not answering that question. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I will. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's important for our journeys later on because it's nice to yeah. look back and reverse engineer the life to see how far we've come. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, when I when I was in the military, I left the military weighing like 142 pounds, maybe 137, 142. I was not uh, large, but I was overweight for them. And um, so I stayed for four years and then I left. And that was like probably really good weight for me. But I thought I was fat. I thought I was overweight. I was yes. fat. I was like disgusting. Like I thought those thoughts, those were my beliefs. And then fast forward through all the weight journey up and down. I remember losing 30 pounds in three months on Nutrisystem. (laughs) I don't know if I can say a different, you know, type of uh, plans, but I did. I I ate that cardboard food that comes to your house. And (laughs) I did that for three months and I would go get Popeye's chicken for my family, my ex-husband and my daughter. And I would, they would eat that. And I would eat this, you know, 
processed stuff. And, you know, I lost the weight and I would work out twice a day. So I lost 30 pounds, but then I gained 60 back. Mm. So my highest weight um, that I know of, because when you're, when, when you're battling with your weight, you don't weigh yourself very often and you try to hide from pictures, you're full of shame. So that when I woke up on my 36th birthday, I was 195 pounds. Mm -hmm. And that was like, I was like, I got to do something. It's got to be different. And I didn't know what I was going to do yet, but um, that kind of was the beginning for me to realize that here I am again, back up at my heaviest weight. When I weighed 195 before that, I was like nine months pregnant about to give birth with my daughter. Right. So like, I was like, okay, this is, I've got to solve this. And that's when my, probably that's like the pivotal moment where I was like, I got to do something that I can do for life. And it's not going to be a quick fix, another diet. Mm -hmm. So there, so now bring it back, like where I am now, I'm probably, I range between about 142 and 146. Um, and I'm five, two. So I'm not super, I wouldn't say super thin. I'm probably like borderline on that BMI chart that they, you know, uh, you know, an old white man made up, you know, decades ago. Um, but I, I consider myself very healthy. I have a lot of food freedom. So that's where I am now. Yeah, and people don't realize it's not about how we look. It's how we feel, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's the way you feel, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what I realized a lot of people are like, wait a minute, why are you doing this? Well, first I thought it was because I wanted to look nice, right? We see the pictures on TV, right? We we yep. we see people all in bikinis and just, uh, washboard ads, like yeah, I want that. But then you don't realize, like, wait a minute, hold on, I feel actually good in this process. Yeah, right. Does like it's not about your size or weight, but I I do think sharing that will help people. Somebody who's listening because they might be out there thinking that they'll never get where they want to go. And I used to think that at the beginning of my journey too, it's not possible. I used to think I wanted to weigh 150 pounds so bad. And, you know, and, and then on the journey, I realized the number doesn't matter. And uh, so, yeah, so that, this part is huge for people who are thinking that they can't do it. Of course you are. Cause that's what happens. If we don't believe we can do it, we won't do it. Okay. You know, there's so many things about this. I think that I always had a fear that because of your, like your story, Nina, um, that if I went outside and did like a Nutrisystem, Jenny Craig, those kinds of systems that put you on a plan, that that's not sustainable. Like I know enough to know that it isn't sustainable. Having said that, it's like, and then you listen to other folks where it's like, all you need to do is, uh-huh. you know, that whole calorie in, calorie out thing. You have to work out X, Y, Z. Here's the formula. And I was like, fuck you. That formula doesn't yeah. work for me. If it worked, we would not be in this place. Yes. Right? That formula. And then when I get, and, and then Mark, this is going to be aimed at you as a man. <laughs> and I get men and see, my husband is very fit. My husband, I mean, he's older now. He's 50, but he's athletically built. He's naturally muscular. What kind of shit is that? And you know, he's, he had not a, he didn't have a six pack. He had an eight pack. I mean, like, I'm like, I didn't even know that was humanly possible, right? And I remember telling him, I'm like, why can't you just grow fat with me? (laughs) Instead of like going, mom, my husband's hot. I'm like, why can't you just grow fat with me? (laughs) I can totally relate to that, Isela. Oh, my God. Totally. 
then I watch, you know, he watches these, all these YouTube, you know, about working out and, you know, cause he enjoys it. And I'm like, there's not a part of me that enjoys now, you know, I was athletic as a kid. It's not like I've never worked out. I've done weight training, weight resistance. I've done all of that. I've, we've been together over 30 years, he and I, so I know it, but to watch and be like, this is all you need to do. And I'm like, fuck you. That's <laughs> not true. And so that, yeah, for me, it's less about the weight now. It's less about those things. It's about fucking freedom. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of thinking about this shit. I'm tired of thinking about, I can't eat that. I can't go out to eat here. I can't do this with my family. I can't. And then, and then when I do have a candy bar, I'm like, well, you know, you can't eat this shit. Uh -huh. So that cycle of deprivation is exhausting. And you know what is so hard for me is that spirit, my spiritual development, being in the present moment, understanding the truth of what, man, I'm good at that shit in every part of my life. But then you put a fucking piece of cake in front of me and I <laughs> lose all sense of everything I know. <laughs> that, that Don't is, eat the cake. Don't crazy. eat the cake. You can't have the cake. <laughs> That's but crazy. then you shame yourself. Like then we shame ourselves right afterwards. But here's, I heard somebody said this. It just stuck with me. We shame ourselves for science, right? We're expecting ourselves not to want this piece of cake right. that somebody designed to have us addicted to it, right? We shame ourselves for science because of course we have a part of our brain that's going to want that sugar. Mm -hmm. right? Our highest self is not caring about the sugar. But that part of our brain wants it. Doesn't give a shit. It's like, do whatever you want to do. There's no, that's all totally ego in that moment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so that's the part that I, I'm just done with. And okay. So I haven't eaten carbohydrates, like intentionally eating carbohydrates in years. Like keto is like a thing. Now I did, um, Atkins like 15 years ago. I was a long ass time ago before I had Gia. Gia's 15 now or going to be 15 before then I did Atkins. I did, I, I, you name it, I've done it. And so I have been very careful about my carbohydrates. I would check every time I eat, where's my blood sugars at, where my, just to make sure that I was staying in ketosis, blah, blah, blah. Hasn't worked for me. Okay. Hasn't worked for me. So I am in this place where, um, Nina is like, have some, have, have the French fries. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like have that cake. And I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> Yeah, this is a real thing. Like, I'm like, you need to eat it. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, too, because um, we're, we're speaking about systems, right? So I got into a system a, week, of, a few years back, right, which worked really well for me, right? Um, but I didn't realize it was working so well for me because I was already disciplined up here, right? I was already disciplined and I already, I had a vision of where I wanted to go. I knew what I wanted to do. And I said, hey, check this out. And I understood that there's not a one size fits all, right? There's not a fucking one size fits all people. There's not no magic pill. There's not none of this. And it, and, and there's a lot of different things in it. You have to get to know the people. You have to listen, right? Just like you said earlier, you have to listen to your body, right? You listened to spirits say, shit, okay, give me a sign. Nina, here comes Nina through the parking <laughs> lot. Like, fuck, right? Our, our bodies tell us that shit too, right? But we just kind of like throw it off sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. But and I you're right. Go ahead, Mark. It wasn't 
the system that was helping people or helping me, right? Because once I left their presence, they went right back to where they was because I've done the same thing. I've been up and down, up and down, up and down, right? So it, it's, it's something that has to be done, like harmonization of your mental, right? Your spiritual and your emotional, right? In, in, in a sense. So I just like to throw that out there. Yeah, you're right, Mark. Uh, the I think sometimes what works for us at the beginning is not our, that doesn't stay, that, that doesn't stay with us for our whole journey. Right. And I want, I wanted to speak to something Isela said, like with Isela, like with me working with her, I would say that 85% of my clients are not in deprivation. They are eating the carbs, right? They are eating the carbs. They are eating the processed food. They are not taking care of their body. But it, alternatively, for you, it has been different. It's like you have been restricting so much, so much. that your body is just holding on to weight. Yeah. And so we had to like approach your situation a little different. And this speaks to what Mark said, like everybody is different. And when we go and we trust some like, you know, count your calories and use this app, and it's not addressing the mindset behind that person specifically. And I think that's what my struggle has been. I know all the shit. I can, I can measure, I can weigh, I can, your, it has to be the size of your palm. Like I know all the shit and it's, and I live it too. I live it. It's not just, I know what I live it. And, but I think it's the mindset mm -hmm. and it was the mindset about money. Like I manifested a $5 million grant. It literally came to me. It, they're like, we want you to do this work. Here's the money. And I totally mapped that out. Like I, I did that whole co-creation experience. So it's, I believe that, that once I shifted the mindset about money, all of a sudden money started showing up for me. And I, for whatever reason, didn't make the connection to my body, to paying attention to my body. One of the things that when we're building our capacity for resilience, when we're trying to heal trauma, one of the strategies is to follow your, your instinct. So, you know, when we're children and we're told when we go, oh, we're hungry. Oh, no, you can't eat right now. Food's going to be coming about an hour. Just wait. Or we go, we have to go to the bathroom. Can I got to go pee? And they're like, no, no, no. We're almost there. Just hold it. And so we learn to not listen to our body's cueing systems. We learn to dismiss just our basic needs. And so we become more and more disconnected from that. So one of the ways we build capacity is to follow those instincts, those inclinations. Oh, I need a drink of water right now. Take the drink of water. I need to stand up right now and just kind of shake my body out. I've been sitting for too long. Do that. And, and I do that for trauma. I do that for other parts of my life, but hadn't been paying attention to when my stomach goes, oh, I'm hungry. Because you know what I would do? I would go, shut up, stomach. It's an, it, I don't have time to eat right now. Or I would go, and my go-to was a, stri a string cheese and a handful of almonds. And some days that would be all I ate. So, yes. Nina, so uh -huh. what's happening in her brain at that moment? What's happening in her when she, you know what I mean? When she's able to do it, for emotional stuff, what she's able to do for spiritual stuff. But when it comes to this um, on a physical level, what is happening? What's going on there with her? Do you think? You yeah. Feel? So what happened with her is that she picked up a narrative, right? She picked up a pattern of thinking in her childhood that I can't have that. 
and that, but my body's not a priority. I can't have that was a really big sentence that we found that she knew she had. And that was a pattern belief. And so fast forward all through her life, she was telling her herself, she can't have that. And then she would feel um, anger. Mm -hmm. Right. That, that resentment, resentment. (laughs) lots of anger and resentment. Right. And then, you know, and when she would have something, it was guilt. And so what happens is our emotion that we have drives our next actions. So she wasn't enjoying her life. She wasn't enjoying her experience when she was out places. And then when she did eat something, she felt a lot of guilt. And that's going to control her experience there also. And then so it's constant restriction and not prioritizing. But so once we uncover that pattern belief, we have to disrupt it. But you have to think about we have 60-ish thousand thoughts a day, right? And most of our beliefs are like, you know, we're programmed throughout our life. And if we don't disrupt them, 95% of what we thought yesterday, we'll think again today. Mm-hmm. So we're working on the disruption and the changing of this narrative, which takes some time. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense, Mark? Yes. Oh, yeah, a lot of sense. I, I could get that. People, you guys, are you guys following this? You might have to rewind and listen to that a couple of times because <laughs> she's dropping gems right now also. So Nina, now let's speak to, because I think I, I think there are people like me, there's no question, but I think a lot of people, like you said, are eating the carbohydrates. And you know, one of the stories that I hear people say is like, they'll start a diet or they'll start a new lifestyle change. um, And then they'll go out to dinner and they'll have something that um, doesn't follow or fit within that. And so then they start to spiral out and go, fuck it. I already had that. So I might as well have the piece of cake and blah, blah, blah. Um, So there's that. And then there's also the emotional eating situation. So, so like for listeners who just kind of talk to that, speak to just the different things, the different ways that people relate to. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about emotional eating for a second. So Emotional eating is any, anytime you eat outside of hunger, right? Uh, it could be boredom, sadness, um, stress, anxiety, anything, any emotion, um, and, or just because your brain wants that pleasure in the moment, just an urgent desire in your body, right? So emotional eating, if you've ever found yourself, let me give you an example of an emotional eat. So I, when I was married, I was married for 13 years and I was, in an unhappy marriage, but I pretended everything was fine. I would, I would, I was go to work and I'd come home and I'd, we would eat fast food all the time. And I would go pick up uh, supersized fries from McDonald's with, you know, everybody had a meal, right. And I'm taking it home to my family. And on the way home, I'm eating out of every fry, but I'm eating because they, they like fill them up. Right. And so I'm eating, stuffing them in my face, like literally, like I'm never going to be able to eat again. And I'm stuffing them, but I want to make sure that nobody can tell, you know, I'll leave it sort of full. And so that is an example of an emotional eat, something that you're doing where you don't want people to know. Like my husband, my ex-husband, he would eat a lot of sugar and he, we would get cold stone ice cream and he would get like a big one. Right. And that would last him a long time because he was like a grazer and he could do that. But I was a binger. So if I got ice cream, it was not going to last me. I, I would be so embarrassed because I would eat it all in like a day and a half mm. and he would still have his. So th- that's some examples of emotional eats. And that is when what happens in our brain is along the lines of our life, when we combine an emotion in our body with a substance, whether even, even if it's a healthy substance um, or if it's a concentrated substance like ice cream, 
our brain decides we need that to survive the emotion. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it just made so much sense that I was doing that because I had learned to do that in my childhood. So I kept continuing to do it. And, um, and so in order to rewire that, we have to be willing to feel our emotions and not use food, but it can be very scary. The very first time I ever heard that I could feel an emotion, I was like, I feel like if I allow myself to feel an emotion, I will like fall down this deep, dark hole and never come out. Hmm. Right. Yeah. And so do you remember when you started to really allow yourself to feel instead of eat and what yeah. happened with you? Yeah. So that was actually just in 2020 when I began that, just began to actually allow myself to feel my emotions. And I guess I could rewind, I should rewind a little bit to let you know wh what led me to, to get certified. Cause that's when I started this journey. Um, in 2016, I had like what I would call a rock bottom life awakening, like a beginning of awakening when uh, I went through a separation uh, with my ex-husband and my daughter decided that she would not have a, a relationship with me. At the time she was 12. And at, in, in that moment, I was living in San Antonio by myself. I was supervising at a pharmacy. I was, um, I would go to work and I'd come home and I would like stay in my car crying. And in order to get myself to get out and go into this house, I would numb myself with alcohol, vodka, mm -hmm. lemonade every day. Vodka was my choice too. <laughs> right? <laughs> Not lemonade, just straight. Oh, straight. Yeah. So I would do that every day. And then, you know, with food too, I'd be like, well, I could eat, I could pick up, you know, Sonic or pizza or whatever I would get. And I would be doing this in private. And like the universe does, one day I was standing in my kitchen and I was listening to a podcast because I was kind of like, I knew I needed to do something to get myself out of where I was. I was listening to Sean T. Do you guys know him? He's like the insanity person. Absolutely. So I was listening to his podcast back then. It was, it was his original podcast. And there was a guy on there. And the guy was sharing that his wife had committed suicide. And she uh, stayed in the garage in her car. Mm -hmm. And I was standing at the sink and I remember thinking that was an option for me. Mm -hmm. I was like that I could do that mm -hmm. like a viable option. And in that moment, I thought, oh, I need to do something. This isn't good. Right. For, for noticing my brain did that. And so that led me, uh, I was following Sean T at the time who had like a beach body coach on his podcast. Right. And I was like, oh, I'm going to follow her. And she was like a ray of light. She had lost a hundred pounds and she was like getting people to, you know, join her. And I was like, I knew my whole life. I wanted to help people. I just didn't know how. And I became a coach and I helped a handful of people in that time. But what, what really helped me was they had like these weekly, like a couple times a week, they'd have calls like this on zoom. And, um, I, I attended all kinds of calls and it gave me a reason to get up every day. And then I started to work out. So about five years, I, um, did programs back to back, start to finish, start to finish. And I would work out every morning and that started to give me a reason to get up. And it also gave me a reason to stop drinking vodka lemonade because you can't wake up at 5am and work out if you've just drank so much the night before. So that was a really big moment. I always say fitness saved my life because fitness in the network marketing world, they, um, they uh, encourage you to do personal development. 
which, so I just started to, I actually started to numb with personal development, mm-hmm. right? So I had, I did alcohol, right? I see Mark going raising his hand. Yeah. So I started to numb. I was like every YouTube video, I did not, I literally did not spend a, a part of my day in my own mind. I had something in my ear, something I never like spent time with myself. So I was still checking out, right. Still checking out of myself. And I did that for a while. And then on one of those calls, one of the coaches said, you guys should check out the life life coach school podcast. And I started listening to her podcast and I, I started noticing that what she was saying was exactly what I like. She she was just speaking to me. And what I realized was I was doing personal, doing personal development, but I wasn't changing. Mm -hmm. I wasn't changing anything in my life. So that, um, that led me to the life coach school. And then 2020, I joined as a, like a client, they have a program called scholars as a client. And I realized I, I joined because I couldn't afford to be a coach. It was a bit large investment. And I was like, I'll just join this. And I knew as soon as I joined and I started to do the work on allowing my emotions that I, that's what I wanted to do was become a coach. So I took a leap of faith or the universe told me it was time. And I became a coach last year in January. Nice. So check this out, people. So what she just said, right? I'm gonna try to sum this up real quick, right? She went from pinching right? French fries, right? Back in the day, we used to pinch sacks. You would go get a sack for somebody, some marijuana, you take a little <laughs> bit out, hope they don't notice. But she was doing that with fucking French fries, people, okay? And then she was drinking vodka lemonade, right? Which is what I, I would drink is just the vodka blueberry straight out the bottle, right? Because I was numbing shit, right? And then she turned it to personal development, right? But what she did was switch one vice, right? For another which we still do because we, we just learn. You, you keep learning all the shit you want. We just uncover what we already know. But if you don't put it into action and to play, right, then you're just right in the same spot. And I, and I raised my hand because I was that junkie, right? I was like, yeah, podcast. I was listening. I was reading books, right? But I wasn't applying that shit, right? I might as well just stuck with the fucking French fries. At least that shit tasted good, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the, in, in a nutshell, that's kind of how where we are now. Right. And then you decided to listen to a podcast for somebody and then said, hey, I'm going to join this, which brought a community of people together. I'm kind of just assuming yeah. there, right? That a community had a big key component. Yes. To it. Yes. It was, I saw other people getting results and I thought, why am I not getting results? Well, because I wasn't actually doing the work to change my mindset. I was listening, but there's actual work to do to change your mindset. And also, you have to be willing to do what these people are saying in personal development, right? When, when she said, just feel angry and stop eating. I was like, how in the world? I, I, I remember going to my first uh, coaching call because with that program, you get weekly coaching. And I was so disconnected from myself because I was listening and outsourcing all, everybody knew better than me, right? Because I had like ruined my life, I thought, right? So somebody else knew better than me. And I was like, I'm going to tell you all my problems and I want you to fix them. Like, tell me where to start. That's, that was my first session. And I also remember another pivotal session was when they said, why don't you just allow yourself to feel bored? I was like, I can't feel bored. Like I, to, to be with myself, that was the hardest thing for me to do because I hated myself. So you're telling me to be with myself. I hate myself. And, um, 
at that time I had lost the weight through fitness, right? I had was close to my goal weight, but I was still struggling. I was working out every day, but I was eating my face off still. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to do the work of like, oh, I can lower my cravings by not by just allowing myself to feel my emotions. And I could tell my body that like, it's okay. We're built to handle this, right? Our body's built to handle fear and anger and sadness and boredom. But I, I had no idea. And when I started doing that, I started lowering my cravings and I, you know, I started to see that I didn't have to be perfect, right? I didn't have to be perfect on my journey. And sometimes I ate a whole bag of chips and sometimes I followed the plan that I wanted to follow. And I stopped beating myself up because I know Isela, you brought up like a really good point about the shame and guilt cycle, the shame and guilt cycle. So I like to tell people eating food doesn't have a meaning. So I want you to think of like the worst food you could ever eat, <laughs> you know, whatever that is for you, right? Say it's pizza or, you know, my favorite food. And I do not restrict myself from these foods. Um, I have them when I want to, but like my favorite thing to eat is chips and salsa, right? I, it's my absolute favorite thing in the world. I was raised on salsa. I was raised on chips. And so that's my favorite thing. And we eat this chips and salsa, even if we eat the whole bag from Torchies. I don't know if y'all have a Torchies, but even if you eat the whole bag and you eat the salsa, all that is like factual about that is you put the chips in your mouth, you chewed them up and you swallowed them. Right. That's it. It doesn't have a meaning. It doesn't mean you're disgusting. You're never going to get to your goal. You shouldn't have done that, right? It doesn't mean any of those things, but we make it mean that. And when we do, our thoughts that we believe cause us to feel an emotion. And for emotional eaters, if you feel shame, like I did with those French fries, I would eat more later, right? right? From shame, I didn't know how to process shame right? The emotion. So I would lean to alcohol or more food. And there's just that vicious, what most people call self-sabotage. That's that cycle. We just keep repeating it and keep repeating it. And our body just keeps holding on to weight. So I kind of want to lean into that a little bit um, because in, in sort of, it's a spiritual um, perspective, again, applying it to food because it's all, it's all the same thing and all parts of our lives. And, and that's what I'm, creating this bridge um, in my own life around um, my cycle of deprivation. But when we have a belief system, a belief, even if it's a lie, as long as we believe it to be true, it becomes law. And so our brain starts to believe that and protect it. And so what we need to do, and you've shared this, but what we need to do is neutralize that belief system. Because whether it's a lie or it's truth, it doesn't matter. Our, whatever you tell yourself, it becomes law. Yeah. So we have to <clears throat> neutralize it. And that's kind of what I'm working on with the I can't. You know, it's like, I am simply eating this donut right now. Like I freaking love donuts. I haven't had donuts in I don't know, 15, 20 years or whatever. I, it's so funny because I was telling Nina, I've had twice, I've gone into Dunkin' Donuts to get a donut. They tell me they don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> they're out totally donut. or are they all just the one you I want? I like one donut. So I, I'm pretty Is it the coconut one? Which one is it? It's the Long John with the chocolate. Oh. 
that's the only donut I really like. And so um, I don't need the other ones. That's the only one. And every twice I was like, they're like, we don't have any. I'm like, the universe is not working for me here. <laughs> because but it's neutralizing. That's why. <laughs> we talked about this. <laughs> so, but we, that's neutralizing the thought and replacing it with something different. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, Nina, about how, okay, so I've identified the thought. Mm -hmm. So you've identified it. Yep. Yours is, I can't have that. Right. I like to tell ourselves what is actually true, right? What is actually true. And this can be different for everybody and you want to be able to believe it. So for, 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 for me, it was actually, I'm a grown ass woman. Mm -hmm. I can have anything I want to eat right now. I can, I can actually have anything I want. And that's when I was like, oh, I don't have to restrict. I could eat whatever I want if I want to. Then we need, then of course, so that's the first step, right? Tell ourselves the truth. But we have to be able to identify when we're thinking that thought, right? So your um, feelings, when you think the thought, I can't have that, was restri- um, resentment and anger. So as soon as you know you have resentment and anger, that's like your um, identifier. I must be thinking that thought again, that I can't have that. So once you know it, I like to just remind your brain what's actually true in this moment is this. And then you can decide if you want to. I like to give a pause, right? Like a moment, take a breath, a few breaths, a moment to make that higher decision because you could totally eat it if you want to. And that's the truth. So that's where I like to go from just discovering the thought to telling yourself what's true. What do you think about that, Isela? I, you know, I think this is such a critical part of, you know, there's all these plans, right? You can do keto, you can do paleo, you can do, I mean, there's a bajillion things you can do that tell you what you need to eat. And I think what this does is it shifts it into what First off, paying attention to what your body needs Mm -hmm. and what's happening within me that's wanting to have whatever it is that I'm wanting to have. What are the thoughts around that? And you you said to apply the pause. And this is true in trauma, too. I'm triggered by an experience. Like there's something happening within me. Whoa, like I noticed that. Like that's the first step, right? I'm noticing Mm -hmm. that I'm irritated. I'm feeling something in my stomach. My shoulders went up like this. There's something going on. That pause... And I think you shared it um, in one of your Instagram um, posts, maybe. It was something where you were talking about the breath. Yes. I posted yeah. that what you were describing was a grounding breath because, mm-hmm. again, it's all overlays, right? Mm-hmm. So share that breath with yeah. our folks that when they're in that moment, they notice, oh, I'm about to eat this whole fucking cake, right? Yes. Like, what happens there? Yeah. I love this. This is the newest practice that I've been practicing this year and it has helped me so much. So I just, uh, so it's four breaths and you're going to take two sips of air through your nose and then one long exhale through your mouth. You want to make the exhale twice as long. So let's say you see the cake on the counter. It's chocolate. And maybe if you like nuts, it even has nuts on it. And your brain's like, I want that. That's going to be so good. Just wait till next Monday to do your diet, whatever the thoughts are. And then you want to do this breath. As soon as you feel that urge in your body to get it, you want to do this breath. And so it's just like. So 
So I want to just share why this is important. Um, so when we do this quick two breath in and then we breathe longer, twice as long, three times as long out, what we're actually doing is grounding ourselves. So when you um, do the opposite, so if you do a, a um, longer breath in and a shorter breath out, what you're doing is energizing yourself. Mm -hmm. So those breaths are two different things and the repetition of doing it three, um, at least three times, three or four times helps you move out of the freak out place. The freak, yes. freak out place is our brainstem. And this is where we're going, oh my goodness, I'm, you know, you're like in this fight or flight sort of thing, or you're like, I want to eat this and I'm not really paying attention to what's happening because I need to survive. Like your brain okay. is doing all of this stuff. And what you described earlier about, I am feeling this and I eat ice cream when I feel this is a pattern of behavior, right? Yep. And so that's where you are in this freak out place. So if you notice the freak out and you go, let me take a couple deep breaths, what you're doing is you're moving out of the freak out place into your emotional center and then finally into your prefrontal cortex where you can make yes. the fucking decision. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's where we want you to be, right? We right. want you in the prefrontal because when you plan what you're going to eat, you, you know what you're going to eat and you're like, I'm not having chocolate cake. And somebody just brings it into the office or somewhere, you know, and you're freaking out, like you right. said. And most people will tell me these words. The only option for me is to eat it. That's how urgent it feels in your body. I right? call it like I said, have you ever had a bag of chips? Call your name. Like, seriously, like, yes, I swear to God, it's calling me. <laughs> Yeah, that's why it can be in the in the in the pantry all day, and it's calling you all day. That's right. your, you know, your brain is telling you like we want that pleasure, we want it now. Yeah. It thinks that you need to solve it. Yeah. So that disruption of the breath moves you from the freakout place into the place where now I can make a decision. Now we're going to take this to a spiritual lens. So now it's not just in the intellectual understanding of what I can and cannot decide, but when we get into the, or what I can and cannot do, what we're actually doing is moving into the present moment. And it's in the present moment that we can access that guidance, the divine guidance, the truth of who we are. And when we lean into that, then there isn't this need to numb ourselves out, to be dis to distract ourselves, because peace comes through that experience. Freedom. That's what I wrote. I have yes, a journal. It's not really, for me, it's freedom. freedom. It's freedom from like if I want the cake, just fucking have the piece of cake. Yeah. And just let it be what it is. Like that freedom. Is I I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there, but that's that's really what it's about for me. Is just releasing it and paying attention to my body and honoring the temple mm -hmm. that houses my spirit. Yes, you said it so beautifully. I'm just thinking of this thing in my head because there's been times where I just want shit, right? I'm just like, oh, that looks so mother loving good. I just want it, but I used to beat myself up. I don't do that anymore. People look at me like. How can you just eat that, Mark? And look, I was like, well, because I don't beat myself up for this shit. Yeah. I eat it and I get over it. And then I go and do what is necessary in order for me to keep my physique. But there's been times where something just looks so delicious and I couldn't help myself. But it's nice to know that you go. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it, it throws a wrench in the gears real quick and it gives you a moment to say, oh, shit, do I really want this? But when I've eaten something that I thought I wanted and I ate it. Right. And then it. Taste shitty? It's like, 
dang, that ever hit you sometimes? Like, you're like, shit, was this worth it? Right. <laughs> well, like, one yeah. of my patterns, my one of my patterns I'm trying to disrupt too is like, okay, that's not worth it, but that is. <laughs> like, I'll spit shit out. Like, I'm like, not worth it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, that brings me to body autonomy. Like, I really truly believe that our brain is going to want the ple- pleasure hit, right? It's going to want the pleasure hit of alcohol or these processed, like I call them condensed foods, right? Where I always think like there's people in some lab somewhere trying to get the humans more addicted to food and, um, you know, whatever kind of flavor of candy is next or, you know, whatever kind of hot Cheeto is coming out or, you know, and I always think about that and our, our brain's always going to want it, but I always like to remind people like you get to decide. When I decide when I'm going to put food in my body and what it's going to be, it is the most powerful thing that I can do for myself, right? I get to decide it and I don't have to let my pleasure brain, not the prefrontal cortex, but like the pleasure brain decide for me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? So I, this is, this happened just the other day, right? Two weeks, a week ago, right? Uh, it's early in the morning, right? I just got my morning workout in. I had to do some other things before I go and I wanted to eat. So I saw Taco Bell. Right. My brain is like, ooh, Taco Bell is delicious. Right. My body was like, no, it's not. Right. But my brain was telling me. So I went in and I'm feeling anxious this whole time. Right. As I'm ordering and I just got this unsettled feeling. Right. And I wasn't listening. I ate the shit anyways. Right. I just ate it because I just wanted it to taste so good. I was like, <laughs> right. And then I shit you not about 10 minutes later. Oh, no. My body is just not feeling good it's not going down properly like it gave me gas right off the bat and I'm just like my body was telling me not to right and I didn't listen I one I was in a hurry right two I just wanted to eat that shit right and then I paid for it later I was warned right if I would have did the breath right if I would have knew that tool that would have saved me from a two, three hours of discomfort, right? Because my body knew on a spiritual level, somewhere else I was trying to signal to me, right? It shows up in your body glass. It's like, don't do this, right? I knew not to go home with that girl, but I did anyways. I knew not to go home with But I drank it anyways, right? Mm-hmm. And now I'm trying to get up in the morning to do my workout like, oh shit, you know what I mean? So thank you for sharing that because it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a big thing. It, it really happens that way. Yeah. The, it, it's funny you said that you went went home with a girl you didn't want to. It's the same thing when like you're at the mall and you want to buy a purse or whatever it is, it's right? The same thing. The same thing. You can do the breathing technique to ground yourself. I, I love that Isela said that's just, you know I didn't know it was a grounding technique. I heard it from a neuroscientist and I said, oh, I'm taking that, right? I'm like I'm doing this, and um, but same thing at the mall. You know I always say like walk around, take your breaths. Gather yourself, like before you get out that credit card for that bag, right? It's not as urgent as we think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think allowing ourselves, this is key. And and I, you know, we did a whole podcast on fuck resolutions. The fact that we're here on, on January 1 isn't about a resolution. I want to make that very clear. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> no. Take a resolution and shove it. This is really about honoring you. Mm-hmm. It's learning how to understand your what you're what's going on emotionally. It's recognizing that this is simply a sacred journey that we're all moving through, that we're in different places of this sacred journey, and that the opportunity that's presented to us 
is to really understand our emotional selves, how it relates to our physical bodies, to honor those two things, and to really practice the process of leaning into the wisdom that we already have. We keep looking outside of ourselves, and it's not that we don't need help, because I'm working with Nina right now. It's that when we, the practice is learning how to seek within. I already have the answers and all the bullshit information that I've gotten. I could write three books (laughs) out of what I know. I'm not even kidding. I Mm -hmm. can write a shit ton of books about what I know about health and wellness and food and nutritional values. Like I know way too much. It didn't have, it doesn't have shit to do with that. It's learning how to honor my body. And I think one of the questions that Nina asked, I I think it was this last week you asked, you know, number one, is it a priority for me? But honoring my body has never been a priority. I've been so driven, like super driven in my life. It's like, I don't like, that's an afterthought. You know, my, and, and I intellectually know I need to, but living it like, no. And the second thing that you asked, I think that was really important um, for me is, you know, like what, what do I, do I listen to my body and, and what is it saying to me? Like, how am I responding to it? And, and that was something that I'm really starting to pay attention to is my relationship with my physical form. And I think in the spiritual community, a lot of our teachings is you are not the body. You are not, you are not the body. You are not the mind. You're the essence, right? That has a body and that has a mind. We are more than that. So I spent, you know, 15 years going, I'm not this body. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking body doesn't serve me. (laughs) Is that like a a spiritual bypass mechanism? Spiritual bypass. That's what it is. Yeah. And semantic, semantic healing is really getting reconnected to the body. Right. And so I have been disconnected, like totally disconnected um, from my body. And that's really what I'm working on is getting super now from, again, trauma place. I'm good at it. But like, Mm -hmm. ooh, I'm hungry or ooh, I'm full. That's the other thing. So I went out, had a potato. I had like chicken and a potato. This is huge, folks. I had a potato. So good. And um, I had a potato, I had chicken, and I had broccoli. And um, we went to this cute little diner. My husband and I, it was our anniversary, and it was a new place we tried. And um, I it was a big potato, and I kind of got full. Like, I know when I get full. I'm very aware of when my stomach goes, oh, I think you're kind of there. But when it's this much left, I'm like, oh, but it's really good. And shit, I'm fucking, I grew up poor. We didn't have food. <laughs> Eat all that shit. You don't yeah. need that on the plate. Right. When's the next time I'm going to be in this part of town? I'm not going to have this again. Like all this shit starts to you know, play in my head. And I would be like, it's three more tablespoons. Just eat it. You know, it's good. It's so good. And I just pushed it away and I go, I'm done. Like my body says I'm done and I'm done. Way to honor mm. yourself. I'm glad you brought right? that up because this is not a resolution, people. This is not something I showed up today right here, right now on the first because my team won Isela, right? And then we knew we we're going to be bringing Nina on here, right? And I wanted to break a cycle, right? And I wanted to make sure that I showed up in 2023, not repeating the same shit that I used to repeat over here. And a way to do that by showing up here is like, hey, check this out. The night before is going to be New Year's Eve. But you know what I was doing, right? I was packing my shit up, cleaning the room, getting ready, excited to jump on this so that I can be, right? No vodka, no lemonade, right? They were out there partying it up, right? 
motherfuckers were out there partying up. I had every opportunity to say, you know what? Ah, it's it, it, it's it's tradition. Everybody else is doing it, mm-hmm. right? But it didn't suit my needs. It didn't suit me putting me as a priority. It didn't honor what I'm trying to do here. So that is why we are here and honoring ourselves through whatever it takes in order to get there. Like Isela honored herself by eating the fucking potato, right? And then honor herself again <laughs> by pushing it aside when she was fucking full. When she listened right. to the body, right? I wish I would have listened to my body and talk about day like three weeks, two weeks ago, right? So Nina, um, are, are we we're, we're closing up? Are we going to close up here, or does she got more time? I, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm here, I, I do have, I do have the next question then. So folks are listening. We all have our different experiences, right? Everybody's different how we, our relationship to food, our relationship to our emotions, right? Did we stuff it? Did we eat it? Like what, all of that's different. So what advice, recommendations, suggestions, um, can someone start today? Today? I really think that the best thing that you can do is ask yourself what your relationship is with food. Think about your relationships with humans. They are your thoughts about them, right? We have a set of thoughts about food and they're unconscious. They are, they came with us from childhood. It might be beliefs like I have to eat all my food on my plate because, you know, starving kids in Africa, right? That's what my kid, my family would tell me growing up. Um, (laughs) We were starving. We were were starving actually. (laughs) Yeah. You had to eat all your food on your plate. Right. So you learned these beliefs and then you started taking action from that belief. It, 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 it's a number of beliefs, but, you know, you just write down, what are my thoughts about food? And you just kind of let yourself flow. What do I think about food? Food is comfort. Food is fun. Food is pleasure. Food is whatever those thoughts are, because those are the thoughts that drive your results in your life today. If you're eating for comfort, it's because you believe that's what food is for you. Mm-hmm. If you're eating because you're hungry and you, you, like I, I have like one or two friends that only eat when they're hungry. I always like, I'm always like, how in the world, what are your beliefs? I need to know. Right. And so that that's where our results come from. So your beliefs about food, and then also your beliefs about yourself and your weight, because, um, for example, I have a weight loss masterclass coming up on the sixth and we're beginning that masterclass with shame and how to release it because our thoughts about ourselves and our current, like your current place, whatever you go into in this year, whatever plan you choose, like Isela said, there's tons of them, like whatever plan you choose, whatever coach you decide to go with, whatever, whatever you decide to do that's for your health and wellness or weight loss journey. Um, we, you must unshame your starting point, mm-hmm. right? Because if you allow yourself to feel shame, with these beliefs you have about yourself and food, you right. will carry that shame with you. And what do we do when we feel shame? We don't take care of ourselves. We hide, we eat, yeah. or it depends on the person you might not be eating. You might be beating your body up. Yeah. Not. So I would start there. You got to know what your thoughts are first. 
So I want to kind of lean into that a little bit because we just talked about this. One of the things that happens um, when we have a negative thought or experience and we're stressed about it. So usually when we have a negative thought or experience and we experience some sort of stressful perspective experience, our body creates a chemical, okay? And um, we release cortisol because we're anxious, we're, we're stressing out about it, it's overwhelming, it doesn't feel good. And that actually creates a cycle because cortisol doesn't make us feel good and we feel bad. And so whatever strategy you use to numb that out or to feel better, that's what you're going to do. And for some people, it's food. For some people, it's smoking. For some people, it's, you know, getting on, getting on their device and totally numbing out. There are lots of things that we do. Now, vibrationally speaking, now this is getting to the, to the woo-woo stuff, vibrationally speaking, even if you have all of these amazing spiritual ideologies and beliefs and practices, if there's an undercurrent of shame and guilt, vibrationally, that's what you're putting into the universe. And so the universe simply responds. It doesn't judge it. It doesn't tell you you're right or wrong. It just responds. So then we get evidence as to why those that undercurrent of guilt and shame is true. It's true. And so we have those experiences that validate, right? That yes. guilt and shame. And so that's, and I, like, I'm really good at like the manifestation and then the spirituality and all this stuff, but still there was this undercurrent that I knew. I wasn't like oblivious to it. I knew it was there. And I hadn't applied all my spiritual beliefs and practices to honoring my body. Hadn't done that. And so that, I think, has been a block, not only um, for weight loss, but for other factors in my life. And so this is a huge shift for people, I think, for yeah. me. Yeah. And if you're suffering, you know, one of my, my mission in my life and my purpose, I believe, is to help women stop suffering. And if you're suffering and you're beating yourself internally, and the only thing you can hear is negative self-talk, I want to give you two words to take with you. I want you to take these two words and make them apply in your life. And it's, of course. Mm. So, of course, I was numbing my life. I learned to do that at a very young age. Mm -hmm. Of course, I was turning to food because it felt better. Of course, I was restricting myself because the diet industry has told me to do that. Right. Right. Of course, I was doing that because my mom or dad or parent or whoever it was planted a seed years ago. And just offer yourself that self-compassion because if you're not offering yourself self-compassion, you're most likely beating yourself up. Yeah. And the of course will help you get there. But that you have course, to find evidence. Lean into that. Like, just listen to those words and lean into that, of course. Mm -hmm. Because it neutralizes it. It pulls you away from feeling guilty about it and shame. It's a really powerful two words. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that before. You know what I mean? Like, Lou, how many often do we do that? Of course, this would happen to me, right? <laughs> of course, you're being a dickhead today. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Of course, you're going to wake up feeling that way, Mother Lover Jones. You drank a whole bottle of vodka and he came in and pounded off the fucking Jaeger, right? But I like that. Yeah. 
right? Of course I'm worth it. Of course I'm worthy, right? 100%. Of course, if I get up and decide to do my 100 push-ups every day for 30 days, I'm going to be a little more fit, right? Of course, if I showed up here on Sunday, the 1st of 2023 to have Brown and Spiritual AF, people are going to listen, right? Even if it's just one, of course, that's all we need to do. So Nina, where can people find you? I am, you can find me at Nina Vasquez Coaching on IG and Facebook and the same for my website. So NinaVasquezCoaching.com? Yes. Okay. And all of her information will be down in the description below. Once we get this on uh, our podcast on Spotify, you can listen to this on anywhere you listen to podcasts. And so we'll put her information in. I think you have something too, right? Yes. So if you're listening in, I want to give you a a, a, a discount promo code uh, for my upcoming masterclass on January 6th. It's on a Friday at lunchtime. If you can't make it live, don't worry. I know people have schedules and jobs. Um, I'm going to be sending a replay. So um, the link Isela, you're going to share the link with them. It's on an Eventbrite, and um, and there will be a $10 off code that Isela awesome. was sharing. Very, very cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun talking with you guys about this topic. It's just a huge passion of mine, um, as you probably can tell. Yes. Well, thank you very much for showing up. And thank you, everybody, for out there listening and tuning in today. Even if you're watching the replay, type replay down below or whatnot. Like, share, subscribe, and all that good stuff. But let me tell you, people, everything that you heard today, right, everything that we went through, right, has been towards more of a physical um, issue. A lot of these techniques can be applied to other rounds of your life because it's all connected, right? It's all intertwined. It's all harmonized when you could get to that level, right? And you can find me on Instagram, Mark, my under, Mark, underscore, my underscore magnificence on IG. That's where I'm most active, right? And of course, Brown Spiritual AF, you can find us, me and Isela and the other guests we've had in the past. We have some great guests lined up that Miss Isela doesn't know about yet because I haven't talked to her, but we're going to be a little more a lot more efficient and a lot more productive on how we run these. As we learned through the last two years, we're getting a lot better at this, people. So, Missy Sella, where can people find you and what you got coming up? EsellaGarcia.com. All my information is there. I am most active on Facebook, although in 2023, I will get more active on Instagram. Um, yes. And, um, yeah, and TikTok, actually. I'm going to put my shit out on TikTok. I think part of my 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 thing is I'm still straddling two professions. And so I am um, leaning more into doing this work. And so I am also available for intuitive coaching and support. Remember what you really are